Fierce Fan Media. That is, he completely dropped the ball on that one. Of of all people to attack, like the Swifties. <laughs> I know. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the weekly wind down. Right now, it's just Julie and I. And um, Stacy, the political princess, should be getting on here soon. Aaron is at a concert, and then the other Stacy is homesick. So you're stuck with us for the time being. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm drinking. So I made a mistake when I was at Trader Joe's. So for those that don't know, Trader Joe's makes decent, I don't want to say great, but like decent box wine. Like it tastes good. You're not going to get a hangover from it. So like in my book, that's good for like everyday drinking. You're not going to bring it to someone's house as like a housewarming present, but it's like good to keep in uh-huh. your fridge. Uh-huh. But I bought the Syrah. It was sitting right next to the red blend and we had Lincoln with us. He was being crazy. So I just like grabbed the box. Anyway, I don't like Syrah, but the Trader Joe's Syrah is surprisingly mild and i don't like syrah because it has like a real bite to it and i like like dry mellow wines that's why i like you know the red blends the uh the cabs um i like some merlots depending on the varietal but i don't really like syrah but this syrah actually is decent and it one of the appeals of the trader joe's wine is you get a box of it it's uh three and a half bottles and you're paying 12 bucks. You know what I mean? Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is good. If you're at Trader Joe's, I do recommend that they have really good Pinot Noir box wine and they have really good uh, red blend box wine, but the Syrah is not bad. So that is what I'm drinking tonight. I'm finishing up the last of my box. I miss Trader Joe's. Oh my God. I love Trader Joe's so much. I loved having a Trader Joe's. We do Joe's. half our grocery shopping and then, like we do the other half at Trader Joe's. I love Trader Joe's. There's certain things you just have to get from Trader Joe's. Well, there's certain things they don't have. So it forces us to go to like right. Target or Safeway or whatever. But mm-hmm. Trader Joe's, if I could do all my shopping there, I totally would. I love. Tra- I just love the feeling when you walk into Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. It's just better than walking into like a Safeway or a Walmart or whatever. Mm-hmm. 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 What are you drinking? Um, I am just drinking zero sugar. You'd be proud of me. Zero sugar root beer. <laughs> it tastes just like the regular root beer and it's my favorite. I'm not, I'm not drinking tonight. We've had a real lazy day. We've been kind of had a hard time getting back into things after the cruise. Mm-hmm. So we've just been, uh, hanging out today, watching movies, doing laundry, cooking. We had to go grocery, sh- you know, just like normal basic- grown up shit. Yeah. Yeah just trying to settle back into being home off of the mm-hmm. ship so yeah i'm not i didn't i didn't, I didn't want to drink today but it's been a good day it's been a nice relaxing i'm still in my pajamas so after 10 days on the ship do you regret not going in the navy hell no <laughs> no listen i love being on the water like i love everything about the ocean but there's no way that i could like we had sea legs for like two days, two and a half days. And that's I told you from... get land sick. Yes. And that was just from 10 days yeah. on the ship. And really it's like nine days because you don't get on the ship until like right. four or five o'clock. But yeah, no, there's, I, I don't know how you did it. Like coming off of the ship for that long. 
and not getting nauseous when you got off the ship. And like, just even like sitting on the toilet, like I rocked for two days just sitting on the toilet. Well, I told you it was really difficult for me to fall asleep when I got off the ship because I wasn't rocking. It was really, really difficult for me to put myself Mm -hmm. to sleep like a baby. And then when I was in the shower and I'd close my eyes, I'd get real dizzy, like, and have to like grab the side because what happens is the, the fluid in your brain, which controls your equilibrium, it gets used to the rocking. So when it was still rocking essentially, and I wasn't, but for whatever reason, the shower, what I, and maybe it's because it was the only time, like I had my eyes closed and I was standing up. I don't, you know, right. that I, I would like, it would feel like I was on the ship and I'd have to like grab the side. It was yeah. wild. Yeah. I, I completely, I could totally see that. We had one day where it got up to like 40 knot winds, which I know isn't a lot, but it wasn't nothing either. Yeah. Because we were up on the eighth deck, and so uh, we, it would feel like, it would feel like, almost kind of like you get lifted off your bed, and, yeah. and come back down. Um, but um, other than that, it was pretty smooth sailing. But yeah, it was. Uh, Ten days was a long time to be on a ship. It was a really, really long, and just like we were on an older ship too, and it just kind of starts feeling like. It's almost like living in a mobile home. Like the shower's yeah. not that great. Like the toilets aren't that nice. Like, um, I think going to a resort is definitely much more luxurious than going on a carnival cruise. Yeah. <laughs> so agree. I, I told Lex, um, my only interest in being on a cruise ship again is if it's the most efficient form of like where I need to go. What by that I mean. I would only do a cruise if I was going to see the Greek islands because I really uh-huh. want to see those. And I feel it's the most efficient way to get from like stop to stop to stop. Uh-huh. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like, I don't, I don't have any interest in being on. I mean, if it was like, like how we went for dads and if the whole family was going right, I, I would do it. But her and I are not going to vacation on a cruise ship. Like I've had my fill right. of sea. Of so yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. No, thank you. Um, okay, so a few things we want to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about um, the, the stupidest man on the planet, Trump, <laughs> uh, coming after the Swifties, which is just like, what an idiot. But I want to wait till uh, the other Stacy gets here because I know she's going to have some serious thoughts and feelings about that. Um, but what I did <laughs> want to touch on before she did is the kind of fiasco that's going on with the immigration crisis right now. And the reason I wanted to touch on it is um, because I've gotten some feedback throughout the week asking what the fuck is going on. So I'm not going to, we're not going to talk about it for 45 minutes, but we're going to go over like a real brief overview. Okay. So I'm going to start by saying immigration has been an issue since the eighties. Like this isn't a new thing. No Congress, no president has ever been able to solve it, quote unquote. And the reason for that is it's a really fucking complicated issue. People are not a monolith. People don't come here for the same reasons. Um, People are not fleeing the same countries. People are not in the same financial situations. Like there's a gazillion different things that make it a difficult process to solve, especially because one of our core tenets as a nation is that people have a right to seek asylum in our country. Um, So it's a really, really difficult issue. And um, 
I understand that. So I wanted to preface our conversation with that because I want to make it clear that like, I don't think there's a one super easy thing that Joe Biden could do or Trump could have done or George W. Bush could have done or George H. W. Bush could have done or Clinton could have done that would have solved everything. I don't think that. Um, that being said, we ran into a situation in, in, in the reason that people are immigrating or it has it's changed as the years goes go go on. Uh, in the early 80s, it was predominantly um, Mexican nationals, mostly men that were coming over here with the intent to work and send money home. That was, you know, overwhelmingly like 85 percent of the immigration that we were dealing with. Um, as time has stretched on and climate change and wars and economic instability has plagued the planet that has shifted to asylum for political refugees, asylum for climate change refugees, asylum for war refugees. Like there's a variety of reasons people come on top of wanting to be able to have a better life for their family. And I know we flippantly say often that America is a dumpster fire and yada, yada. We're still one of the better dumpster fires, though, if that makes sense. Like, there's still opportunity here that there isn't in other countries. And one of the reasons for that is because of the economics and business and um, overall wealth that this country possesses. So um, I don't know if you guys remember back early in Biden's presidency, as immigrants were coming across the border, they were actually places like Florida and Texas were putting the immigrants on buses and sending them to, you know, San Francisco, Chicago, uh, Martha's Vineyard, like whatever. It was meant to be cruel. Um, but what it actually did was it opened up an avenue for us to look at immigration a different way. And one of the the positive outcomes that came from it was you could start to view immigration and the influx of people as kind of the same way you do at an airport. Okay. So you arrive and you tell us where you're trying to get to. Okay. And we can get you there. But as soon as you get there, you're going to have to meet with an immigration judge. You're going to have to be sponsored by someone. Like we were able to come up with a solution <clears throat> that would help spread some of the, the chaos and the necessity out because Thousands of people coming across in one section of Texas every day or one section of California is too much for any community to handle or border patrol agents to handle or even judges to handle. Like, it's just it's too great of an impact. Mm -hmm. So there was bipartisan legislator legislature on that they're trying to pass that was written by a Republican and a Democrat and an independent. Like all the tenants were there to try and put a huge, I don't want to say solution, but it's, it's closer to a solution than we've had in the past to try and help ease some of the, these tensions that are, are erupting on the border, getting ready to pass it. Trump tells the Republican party, don't pass it. I want to run on this platform that Biden is fucking up the border. So now the Republicans are putting the brakes on it. The bill's not going to pass because Trump wants to turn it into politics and people are people are going to die because of it. Like he's playing with people's lives and I don't understand 
why there's a whole swath of humans that continue to support this man that is willing to play roulette with people's lives because he thinks it will be good campaign slogan. Um, and, and I want to make it clear to everyone. In order for the United States to continue its population growth at the records at which it's hold, held true since its inception, we need to allow, and I'm talking slowly because I want people to really understand this, we need to allow 4 million immigrants into this country every single year just to maintain our structures and our government and the, the pillars that hold up um, this constitutional democratic republic. Okay, 4 million people a year because our people are not having, by our people, I mean American citizens. I, I'm not specifying race or right. like orientation or anything. People who are natural born citizens of this country are not having children at the rate that we were the last 400, 250 years. So in order to sustain it, in order to sustain our workforce, we have to allow 4 million people a year into this country if we're not going to be producing those children. And they know this. They know that if they don't come up with some type of policy or procedure in humane entrance philosophy, the country is not going to be able to sustain itself. But because it makes for good politics in the year 2024, they're bucking the system. All in the name of this fucking Cheeto that I wouldn't trust to water my lawn much less figure out complicated immigration policy and, and basic human rights of individuals. Like, it's just, it makes me so angry. It makes me so frustrated. And I thought for once we were finally going to make a little bit of headway on this immigration issue and the solution's not perfect. And of course it's not because it's not going to be a one, one size fits all, but it was something, it was something that was going to help people get seen faster. It was humane. And it, it, was going to take some of the pressure off of these border communities that deal with the consistent influx of these immigration issues. And we have a whole swath of people that are like, just build the wall, build the wall, build the wall. You guys, I, I want you to understand, we're not talking about a blank piece of land here. It's not like a landing strip where we can just put up a barrier. The Rio Grande and the mountains, how, how, how do you want to put a fence up across across the river because half the river's ours half the river belongs to the united states and half the river belongs to mexico so as soon as they make it past half that river they're in the united states and can legally claim that they're seeking asylum legally claim it so how exactly do you want to wall off a, a mile wide river and these mountainous terrains that people have to cross that that have you know 15 percent slopes on them and uh, we we can't even run pipes through them. You want to section those off. Like it just, I think when people hear like build the wall because of the pictures they've been shown of like these deserts where it's flat land and it's nothing, it seems easy in our heads, but that's not the entirety of our border. Right. Like it, it's just, it's just not. And like, I need people to understand the complexity of this issue and that we do need a way to introduce 4 million people a year into this country or the country is not going to sustain itself over the next 50 years. Because I'll tell you who's not having kids, fucking millennials. You know why? Because we don't have any money. 
I don't know. Yeah. It's frustrating. And um, they're playing politics with people's lives. They're playing politics with um, immigration. Um, they're playing politics as they always do with the outcome of this country. And I find it absolutely infuriating that we have found ourselves back here. Now, listen, this isn't like a solving immigration doesn't stop with just like, how do we control the border? Like we need to, that's why it blows my mind when people say they don't want immigration in this country. And they also don't want us to send foreign aid anywhere else. Well, if you don't want people to leave their country, you need to make better living situations for them where they are. So, um, Lincoln, can you stop? <laughs> so one of the people who doesn't get enough credit for what they're actually doing in this realm, as far as we need to make the world safer, um, if we're truly worried about our immigration crisis, is Kamala Harris. And I say that because one of the things that she's doing is she's talking to uh, the private sector and is actually getting them interested in investing and monetizing and building their factories and, and creating headquarters and creating buildings of work and people in places like Honduras and Venezuela. Because one of the other implications of this immigration crisis is brain drain, right? Like if there's no career path, if there's nowhere for people to work in these particular countries to go, they're going to leave. So creating an infrastructure that helps them stay in their country, create a better life, spread wealth in their own communities and for their families and for their, their countrymen is going to help assist also in this uh, immigration issue that we're seeing in, in 2024. So I don't, I don't know. I'm super frustrated. I feel like we can't get anything done. And the reason we can't get anything done is because we have people that are more concerned about fucking getting elected than the actual happenings of the world. And I, imagine if someone was playing those kind of politics with your life. Like it's just, right. it feels cruel. And I think cruelty just for the sake of being cruel is one of the most vile things that humans do to each other. And it just, it, it, it enrages me. So yes, cruelty is the point. And, um, I, I can't believe he had that kind of power, even though he's nothing right now, except running for president and had that kind of power to stop the passing of a bill. Like well, the Republicans just say no. That is what with money. Like, how did he get? No, because he controls their base. He controls mm. the voting population of their of their constituency, and it's not the Republicans needed something, right? Because what have they spent the last fifty years running on abortion? Well, they finally mm. got their way, so now right. they need something that like riles up their base and gets them emotional and gets them scared, like which is immigrant. Which is immigration, because here's the thing yeah. about human beings. If you guys have listened to the NPR series called Hidden Brain, they just did a series about like um, the human condition and how we're wired. Human beings were raised as prey, not predators. And by raised, I mean evolutionarily. When we were first created or first evolved into <coughs> Homo sapiens, we were prey. We were preyed on by animals that were bigger than us, the weather, the changing climate conditions, like we, we were prey. So 
like stringing picking at that prey drive or that that prey drive but that prey instinct isn't hard it's why it's so easy to get entire swaths of the population scared and worked up and when people are scared and fearful they react without thinking and they react on emotion and they react without thinking of consequence so right now it's they're playing their 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 favorite hits right like immigration's bad because they're going to take your jobs what jobs are fucking immigrants taking from americans yeah what jobs All of them that nobody wants to do what jobs are are being scooped up by by immigrants right now yeah so now they're doing it with their safety oh these people are going to come into our country and they're going to murder you and your children they're going to steal your wife they're going to steal your daughter they're going to like as if we don't have our own criminals born bred raised here mm-hmm. like it, it's just it's not hard to to pick at, at that instinctive of being prey and like any muscle, just like how I've said on here before, empathy is a muscle. Like you have to use it over and over again until it becomes like second nature to you. So is that instinct that you're prey, that someone's coming after you, that you're in danger, that you have to protect your family. Like, like you're running around mm-hmm. like a, a fucking, what, a gopher or something that everybody's after you. Everybody's after you. So you have to hunker down and, and you know, build barriers and keep everyone out. All that is, is to me, is a sign of, you your lineage your heritage you haven't evolved that this this instinct to feel fear and feel like you have to hunker down and everybody's out to get you what a fucking sad existence right grow up grow Mm -hmm. the fuck up not everything's about you you spoiled little narcissist like not everything's Mm -hmm. about you people aren't coming here to come after you no one cares about you gary in nowhere nebraska (laughs) like no one's coming to take your fucking farm relax <laughs> so anyway so they they play on these emotions and they they pick at them and they push at them until people are scared and because they've run out of the abortion issue because they got the supreme court to to overturn roe versus wade now they need another hot button issue to get people fired up and inspired to go to the voting polls and that that issue is going to be immigration notice i didn't hear anything about it until election year I just can't believe that they're passing a bill to have something that would work and finally not put an end, you know, to people illegally coming over here, but help with the process, like you said, of giving them another option to come over here legally and, you know, have we have the four million and we're able to keep expanding our infrastructures or whatever, and to just say like no. I'm not going to do that because it's going to help my election. It's going to help a Republican get elected. Like what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Like, can we agree? Like, can we agree on nothing? Like Jesus Christ. At what point doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat or independent or what, at what point are you just a decent fucking human being? And want and want people's best interests you want to stop illegal immigration then make it make a legal and accessible path for citizenship in this country right you you, you want to you want people to stop coming over here through the rio grande and you know dying on the on the barbed wire fence that you put up and and bringing these these little kids over and claiming dreamer status and stuff and then actually have an avenue for them to attempt to get into this country where you can vet them, process them, and allow them in. That's right. how you stop illegal immigration. Make it legal. I mean, that's genius. Like, it's just, 
what is their problem? And to just say no, because it's going to still show that immigration is a problem under Biden. And like you said, what the fuck are you going to do? What's going to be your what's going to be your solution then? Since you said no to passing the bill, keep building the wall. There's ladders. And people go under them. <laughs> like, what you th- you think they're gonna hike over the Rio Grande and stop? Oh shit, there's a wall. Damn it. <laughs> like, it's not just that. One of the biggest sources of illegal immigration is people coming here legally and then just outstaying their visas because the process to extend or change is so complicated and so long. Like it's not just people like immigrant. That's what I mean. Like there's not a one issue and one solution. So you Mm want to be legitimate about actually taking care of illegal immigration then figure out a way that you can tell people legitimately, this is the process. This is what you need to go through. We hear you. You want to come here. You need to do a, B and C. Cause I guarantee you, if you actually laid out the steps for people to do it and you didn't make it a hundred thousand dollars to try and go through the process like it is, people are going to get in line. People don't want to drag their entire families 1,400 miles across some of the most dangerous terrain in the world to just get turned around at the the, uh, USA border. Like, people are going to go through the process. Or at least a large swath of them will. Which will make it easier then to detain and send back the ones who are trying to do it illegally. You're on mute. So then what's their solution going to be is what I'm saying. So Wait until Trump gets elected and then do it. Oh, that is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. To then say that he did that. Exactly. That is a crock of shit. Yep. And he's, I, I, I really think, unless somebody does something huge, I, I, I think he's going to freaking win. No. He's got a bu- he's got a bunch of votes. What do you think about that rumor going around, Jax, about uh, Michelle Obama coming in? He's she's not coming in. It's too late to even get on the primary ballot in most states. Like it's too late. Here's what I, I will tell mom because we had this conversation over the weekend because she told me the same thing. And I get it. You guys live in Trump country, so everywhere you look, there's a Trump flag, Trump flag, Trump flag, Trump twenty four. Right. You know, whatever. I get it, but let's be really, really clear. Republicans. And Democrats do not decide elections. We never have. Independent voters decide elections. Now, independent voters tend to lean right. They do. Even though Democrats were going to, even if Trump were to win, Joe Biden is going to win the popular vote 100% because cities are more dense, they're more populated, like whatever. The Electoral College fucks us every time. But independents decide elections. Independents tend to lean right, but independents are also not in a cult. So they see all this. They see all of it. They see it happening. They see him for who he is. I'm not saying they're going to go out and vote for Biden. I think more likely than not, they won't vote, which hurts Trump just as much as so he can have his rabid 35 percent that just he could literally, like he said, shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue and they'd still elect him. He can have them. He's not swaying the people that he needs to sway, just like he didn't last time. And I don't know. I I just don't think it's a done deal either way. Like, I also think there's not a lot of excitement around Biden. I I think it's hard for him to pull out voters because of his age, um, because he's a little bit out of touch. Uh, Like, there's there's plenty of reasons. Now, I will vote for him. I'm going to hold my nose and vote for him because I fucking fought for this country. 
and I will do everything I can to protect it from going to authoritarians, which is what Trump is. But I understand the inclination of a lot of people to be like, I'm just not fucking voting. I think that's what's going to hurt Trump. I think people just aren't going to vote. That's my opinion. We will see. And also, there's a lot of unknowns, too. He's still in the process of being indicted for 91 felony counts. Like, he's still going through court systems. He was just ordered to pay E. Jean Carroll, you know, $83 million because he physically can't keep his fucking mouth shut. And then it's still talking shit. Still talking shit. He's going to have to go pay more. Like, we're still discussing whether or not uh, he interfered with an election. It's so there... There's also, if you're watching the polls right now, there's a lot of people who saying, who, and I'm not talking about MAGA cult. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about like people who are like, nah, I'm still undecided, which how, how are you still right. undecided? How but, is anybody like on the fence about him? But who, who they're asking, okay, so you like Trump, but if he were to be found guilty on these counts, is he fit to be president? They're saying no. So I, so much rides on independent voter and what is going to happen with these court cases in the next few months that we'll see it's there's too many unknowns right now to say definitively someone's going to win or someone's not so but if he's convicted he can still run yeah he could be president from jail that is fucking wild to me he could be on house arrest in in the white house no. Yeah, there, our constitution doesn't say he can't because they were they never anticipated this. The constitution doesn't say that you can't be a felon and run for president. The only thing the constitution says is you can't have like committed treason against the United States. But also like he did. He's dabbled in that a bit too. And I'm not just talking about the insurrection. I'm talking about v- the voter fraud allegations and trying to to get delegates to vote in his favor. Like all of that is treasonous. So we'll see. Oh, these court cases matter so much. It's gonna be a White House house arrest. Could you fucking imagine? That is crazy. And the reason, guys, make no mistake. And I know I'm preaching the choir on here. No one's listening to this. That's a Trump supporter. I get it. But make no mistake, the only reason this man is running with such ferocity is because he wants to be able to pardon himself. He wants to get out of trouble. He has already said presidents should be immune from any crimes. They should be able to claim absolute immunity from anything and do whatever they need to do, which is a king. It's a king, you guys. This is He's fucking telling you, I'm an authoritarian. I'm a dictator. I'm immune from crime and punishment. I am better than everybody else. Instead of being the person, the average person we elected to lead us, he's telling you he is more special, he is better, and he is above the law. And like, they gobble it up. It's like they're just slapping their his dick all over their mouth. It's so gross. <laughs> I intended that to be disgusting. Like, I, I want you to have a visual of that. They're on his knees for him every fucking minute. Orange makeup, orange makeup, ball sweat, gray pubes. Just it makes me so angry. No way, Bill Obama could come in and run. No, it's too late. Oh my god, I wish. I I say that because you have to. You have to file in certain states, like all these states that have already passed. She she didn't file for him. She can't. She's not on the ballot, so she can't win a primary to be elected by the Democratic Party to run against Trump. 
I think the rumors were that that Biden would drop out. Well, then you have Dean Phillips and no. um, what's her name? Well, that, that somehow he would drop out and Michelle Obama would. She's not running. I know. I'm just saying what the rumors were. What she said was she's terrified for this country if Trump wins. Yeah. Same. Do you think there's going to be a civil war? The right is amping up their people for that. You hear Texas talking about seceding from the union. Mm-hmm. And what, Remember I, when I told you we're, we're raised from, we were prey for the first 100,000 years we existed? You're uh, tapping into that with the civil war talk. They want you, they want their followers to be ready to shoot a liberal. Fucking mm-hmm. take to the streets, take someone hostage. They're they're inciting that fear and pandemonium with intention. Mm-hmm. If there's a civil war, and listen, I'm biased, I'm a liberal. If there's a civil war, the right will have started it. Mm-hmm. I don't see the right starting a civil. I don't see okay, then there if Trump wins and there won't be a civil war because liberals aren't gonna start a war. It would be it would be if Trump lost. If if Trump lost or st- come with me into the absolute shit show that would be if Trump won. And he takes an authoritarian stand and he starts pardoning himself from all his crimes and he is oh, immune from everything that he does. And he cozies up with Putin and he cozies up with um, Kim Jong Un. And all of a sudden our allies are being bombed with nuclear weapons, because if anybody thinks that fucking Putin is stopping at Ukraine, you're high. You're high and you're out of touch. Totally. And it's it's turning in slowly. The checkers are moving. And I say checkers because we're talking about Putin and Trump into World War Three, And then we have to take a stance. Like, this isn't going to be a one day we wake up and there's civil war. This is a slow progression. It's my 10-year theory. I'm telling you, when you have authoritarian in place, and make no mistake, he is. He's a fucking authoritarian. Anybody who talks about not he's exempt from crimes and he's exempt from term limits and he's exempt from all this shit is an authoritarian. I just can't believe this is even the position we're in. Thank God it's him and it's not someone fucking smarter. Oh, I know. We have a chance to beat him. Yeah, but his his followers are just oh. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. fucking idiots. Speaking of, he has decided that they're going to rage holy war against none other than our one and only Taylor Allison Swift, which, sir. Is there any group you don't want to have mobilized against you? <laughs> You're talking about lawyers, teachers, high achieving. We are educated. <laughs> We are organized. We, we are took AP eight. classes. Totally. <laughs> we took on TikTok. It took us what a week to get TikTok. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not TikTok. Ticketmaster into Congress. We had congressmen quoting Taylor Swift lyrics. Is this real? This this the hill, huh? We all have to pick a hill to die on, I guess. If this is yours, it, there's all I can say is Godspeed, friend. Totally. Like there is not. I can't think of a worse group of people for him to try to target. Look, we're fucking organized. We've got dollars. 
Mm-hmm. Look at all the Swifties who mastered football in like a three week period. Yeah. Like they're talking about stats. They're talking about nickel defenses. They're talking like, get out of here. They're going to figure your bullshit out real quick. Oh my God. So fast. Look, we've got expendable income. Swifties? We've, got some, we've got some me time. Cause we're trying to prioritize a work-life balance. <laughs> and like, we're kind of just not to be fucked with. I can't believe he did that. And, like, they're trying to wage, like, a holy war. It's absolutely wild. I'm trying to find. We should tell everybody exactly what happened. Okay, so for those who have lived under a rock, or I shouldn't even say under a rock. We have an intentional um, directional pull towards Taylor Swift. Everybody knows that we're Swifties. So, um. The right has been like raging war against her for for a while, like especially when she started dating Travis Kelsey. You saw a lot of stuff pop, start popping up um, about how she's the gold digger when bitch her cat is worth three times as much as that totally football. But and I'm not hating on Travis Kelsey right now. I'm not like that. This isn't about him. Believe yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, that cat has more money. I than know. He- but yeah. I just wanted to be clear. I'm not hating on Travis Kelsey. Like not everything's about men. Yeah. So love Travis Kelsey. I, I'm not hating on him. So. Yeah, it's calling her a gold digger, calling her that she's doing it for the attention, which (laughs) (laughs) and saying that, like, he's a beta male and like all this stuff and that they're so what they're really scared of, genuinely scared of, is that Taylor Swift is the antithesis of Trump, where she could literally tell her legion of fans to go vote a certain way. And they believe that they would now counterpoint. I don't think that's true. I think for the most part, Swifties are pretty intelligent, independent, like self-assured women. And just because she says go vote for something. Now, that is why she's been very clear in all of her, if you want to call it political activism, I think she falls short in it grossly. But she only tells people go vote, not who to vote for, not what to do. She just said you need to register to vote. You need to go vote. What they're afraid of, though, is she's going to say go vote for Biden. Trump is going to ruin this country. And all of a sudden you're going to also, not just the Swifties that are mine and Stacy's age. And to be clear, Stacy's younger. I know she'll want that mentioned, but you're talking about like a really that one young time. fan a base louder. who has <laughs> never, who maybe has never voted before, who is going to go to the polls then. Because every time she tells people to register to vote, 400,000 people, young, young yeah. people register to vote. So th- they're scared of her. They're scared of but her for just she hasn't even she hasn't made a single statement about this presidential campaign of Trump for firing shots first because now it's like fair game. He yeah. thinks he's untouchable, and he'd be sorely mistaken. Oh, wouldn't it be okay. so wonderful though if what actually took Trump down was the fucking Swifties? Oh my god, I would. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> It's funny because I was looking like the, the, where he's trying to, I think, tap into is I'm looking, somebody I know's mother had posted on Facebook a thing, you know, about Taylor Swift because there's a bit of a holy war being, being waged against Taylor Swift and basically like she's, you know, in cahoots with the devil or something like that. Oh. And I can't find it. it was really crazy and now I can't find it. 
But anyways, I think he's trying to capitalize on that also because, yeah, and he's just, they're they're doing this in advance of her potentially supporting Biden publicly. And I, I think it's just so stupid. But anyways, it was this actual, like, it looked like a news story about, like, Taylor Swift being in cahoots with the devil. Oh, God. I know, and I'm not seeing it now, so I'm thinking probably people reported it because that's what happens when I can't go back and find her mm-hmm. wild stuff. So that would be my guess. But, yeah, it's just, like, it's it's crazy. And if you think we won't fucking end you, I just don't understand <laughs> how Listen, that... Listen, we got how, time. How we can Right. If you think we will not chat GPT our way <laughs> talking points and some social media posts, I just you're sorely mistaken, my guy. It's just such a miscalculated like anticipation of this. Look what happened to Kanye West, you guys. Take yeah. note. Yeah. Yeah. And that's before she was as uh, the monumental figure that she is now well i also want to make a point about this and this is for the people who are just watching this from the sidelines you don't necessarily like taylor swift like you don't like her music you know and that's fine but listen what they're essentially doing taylor has made no mention of anything political since she's been in her little love bubble with travis kelsey like there's no mention of it they're essentially attacking her for existing like she is arguably her and beyonce are the most powerful female pop stars on the planet and have been for a decade. Like we're talking about a reign of just sheer domination and um, devotion that like our generation has never seen. There is no more loyal fan bases than Beyonce and, and Taylor Swift. Totally. What they're doing though, it speaks so much to just who they are fundamentally. It all goes back to that hating on her for being in a, being on uh, football for 25 seconds out of a three and a half hour game. Let me be really clear. My dad brought this up about Taylor Swift too. Showing her on football games, showing her on football games. Taylor Swift is not fucking asking to be shown on football games. She does not need the NFL to fucking show gl- clips of her in the suite, enjoying her time with, unfortunately, Brittany Mahomes and like Donna Kelsey and Jason Kelsey. Like she's just there to support her boyfriend. What you are saying to your daughters, and listen, I know this has been done to death on TikTok, but it it bears repeating here. All you're saying to your daughters is going and supporting your boyfriend isn't good enough if you're infringing on what I deem as a male space for me. That 25 seconds, you need to make yourself smaller, less important, nobody cares. 25 seconds out of a three and a half hour fucking football game, with all undue respect, grow the fuck up. Grow up. We watch longer in commercials than we have seen on Taylor Swift at football games. And I was going to say, like, the NFL and so much of the postseason in the Super Bowl is about ads and about making money. And, mm-hmm. and the NFL is going to show the person who's bringing in additional fans. And I love it. I love that there's this generation of girls that are learning about football. So that many girls learning about football. Dads. Totally. You're bringing in a new audience, and that's awesome. But men don't like that because football is supposed to be their thing. Well, and in fairness, too, 
listen, the Swifties aren't entering this just like, oh my God, go Taylor's boyfriend. Like, I know there's a lot of like hype around that. There's t-shirts being sold and stuff and I get that. But women are legitimately learning. They're learning about football. Yeah, it's totally tongue in cheek. And they're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're learning about the sport and they're watching games that that don't involve the chiefs they're mm-hmm. like it's just so cool to see as as a girl who's been in like been a fan of football my whole life it's so cool to see and i'm just tired of people shitting on it yeah me too i hope she comes back with a response she won't she's gonna make her response just so here's what taylor does and i don't know if we've talked about this or on the podcast or whatever Taylor Swift, and she has said it herself, is a lightning rod for controversy, right? Like, no matter what she says, people are going to hate on her. So when people said she wasn't supporting gay rights enough, she didn't make a statement. What did she do? She cast a trans man in one of her most popular videos to show her acceptance. She's very much into doing instead of just saying, which is why I get kind of frustrated with the Swifties when they say she's not doing enough, she's not doing enough, she's not doing enough. She donates to causes quietly. She does things in her music videos that show her support, which are longer lasting than her making a a 45 word notes app speech on Instagram that can be ignored or deleted or, or garnish, you know, a hundred thousand likes. That would be easy. Instead, she cast a trans man, paid him a shit ton of money, and now he will be immortalized as her love interest in the music video, Lavender Haze. Like that speaks more to her support of trans rights than any speech she could have given on pride, any, any forum she could have gone and spoken to because she's showing that she accepts that community into her actual art. Okay. When she did the whole, um, what's the one, the, uh, one she's in the trailer park. You need to calm down. You need to calm down. She wasn't making speeches at that time because she, there's one thing Taylor Swift understands it's marketing. And she knows that no matter what she says, people are going to shit on her. So she just embraces things she wants to do and does them. That's the same reason that if you look at, she gets a lot of of hate for, you know, not being pro of the the BIPOC community, okay? But if you look at her backup dancers, if you look at her backup singers, if you look at all the people in her music, but not all the people in her music videos, but she pays them and incorporates them into her art as a a show of support. So she's not going to say anything. She's probably going to do, though. And if you don't think she's going to probably host a concert in support of Joe Biden or play at a fundraiser for him or do something now, because there is one thing. Taylor Swift is a lot of things, a lot of wonderful things. And she is also a petty, petty, petty. She's coming for him. But it's not going to be like her clearing off a, a podium somewhere making a speech. She's going to get him where it hurts and she's going to take his supporters that are Swifties and she's going to run away with them. Guaranteed. I hope she does. If you look at statistically, this is one of the things her dad was saying, which is why Taylor's always so careful about the statement she makes and stuff. 60% of her fan base is Democrat and 40% is Republican. She controls 40% of her fan base. This woman has 217 million followers on Instagram. You're talking about a hundred million votes that she could control. Just saying. It was stupid. He's stupid. He's stupid, stupid, stupid. He fucked with the wrong woman this time. And I want so badly for it to be a woman that takes him down 
yeah. so badly. And I, I wanted to be Taylor Swift. <laughs> Same. <laughs> he started it though. Mm-hmm. People started it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you I, turn that light back on. People in shitty glass houses should not throw stones. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's mistaking the Swifties for Kid Rock's followers, and we are not that. I'm curious to see what she does with it. We are not that. We are we are women who got pleasure to have a class in class and talks too much. Totally. We are <laughs> We're talking to a high achieving social butterfly. And if you don't think we will end you, you are mm-hmm. you're talking to women who spent their careers, uh, who grew up on Taylor. She got mm-hmm. them through heartbreak, she got them through loss, she got them through college, she got them through law school, med school, political science. Like the Swifties are a high achieving, like Stacy said, disposable income multitasking group mm. of feral honey badgers who are going to rip him to shreds who are also sort of like um low-key private investigators oh yeah you can do a little bit of hacking a little bit of coding like you're just you're out of your league you're so far out, so of, your out of your league yeah. yeah that's the perfect way to put it unbelievable who like legitimately i will say 90 90% of taylor's of the Swifties love Travis Kelsey, not because he's like, Oh my God, he's so intellectually her, like, like equal. And like, Oh my, it's because he's a fucking golden retriever who worships the ground. She walks on. Like what I tell you, they're going to destroy this man. Okay. Can we talk about it a little bit since Aaron's not here? I know you might listen bird. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Let's Travis talk about- and Taylor. Oh my Tra- God. They're so cute. First of all, like, it's so exciting for me to see her get to go celebrate the success of her partner. Agreed. Like, to have somebody who's also, and I think that's why this will end up working better than some of the other relationships, because he's, not that they're comparable, but where they're at in their own professions yeah. professions is, you know, it's impressive. Travis is good. He's a phenomenal tight end. He's very, very good. Not as good as Kittle, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh God. (laughs) I love George Kittle so much. Um, but very, very good. And the fact that he like everything, I could not have watched more videos of that press of that post-game celebration. I had to watch them all later, obviously, because we had a very important game happening Mm -hmm, at that time. mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. the way he's like, he's so attentive. First of all, she, oh, sweet baby angel Taylor, like letting mama Kels go first. Say, I'm just going to follow her. I don't know where to I'm go. Just I'm going to follow, follow her. her. I'm going to so do cute. what she does. Like <laughs> the cutest thing in the world. I loved seeing him. Like even in that situation where like he's celebrating him and his victory, he's doting on her. He's like, okay, I'm going to go like celebrate with the guys now. Like, like, oh my God. I just was like, so here for it. So happy for that. Like just so cute. So cute. And then. Kelly Teller posted like pictures and videos from inside mm-hmm. the street. And it was so fun to get to see her and Kylie like celebrating and so hanging. happy about that. Yeah. Oh my God. So happy because there's this inherent desire to want to pit women against each other, which is so fucking frustrating. And I love that between 
like Kylie and Taylor, like neither of them are here for it, but they don't feel the need to like, well, then we should post a picture together on Instagram. Like, I feel like Taylor still totally respects like Kylie's desire to be normal and not in the spotlight and all of those things. And I just was so unbelievably here for all of the celebrations. I think the two of them are so cute. I love, let me just point out, Taylor's energy was so similar. They have the same energy. Yeah. Totally to Kylie's <laughs> energy when she was listening to him do his stupid little speech and quoting the Beastie Boys and stuff. And she's just laughing and rolling her eyes. And it very much reminded me of like Jason running out and taking his shirt off and hopping out of the box. And Kylie's like, Jesus fucking Christ, this guy. Like, <laughs> it was that same kind of energy of like, of course, your partner is going to do something that like embarrasses you or you think is stupid. And she's just kind of like, Okay. You know what really made me turn the corner on Travis and Kels, uh, Travis and Taylor? Let me be clear. I've never been anti-Taylor and Travis. I, I haven't been. I just, sometimes I, I try to be like, let's see how it pans out. Because the media tends to hype things so much more than they actually are. And I've just enjoyed watching her be excited about doing things and be happy yeah. about, like, genuinely. I am not yeah. against Travis and Taylor at all. But when I, my actual, like, oh my God, she's so genuinely happy and I'm so happy for her was those clips where they actually picked up the audio and she told him, I've never been more proud of someone. Oh, I know. Oh my God, my heart melted for her because that's all I've ever wanted for her. Like just to be genuine for her as if I'm her friend. I'm not, I get that. Like I don't have that much of a fucking delusional relationship with her, but like parasocial, if you will. Yeah. But yeah. All I've ever wanted for her was like this normal piece that she finally gets. And she gets that with Travis. And it just, it made me so happy for her that she's like, experiencing that. In that clip. I I'm still sure don't think he's smart enough for her. But like my wife said, when I keep telling her that, she goes, honey, who is? And I was like, okay, that's fair. Like okay. therapy. That's fair. Yeah. But I would rather her be with someone that makes her feel really, really, really good about herself than totally. maybe her intellectual equal. That's but I mean. here's the thing. I think he's emotionally intelligent. And I know I that agree. sounds stupid because he's like, move football and he yells. But I watched the sweetest clip of him from a documentary that ESPN did a couple years ago on the two of them. And him, like, obviously he gets emotional when he's talking about his family, but like, him talking about getting kicked off the team, like at Cincinnati and like and his brother saving and him. his brother yeah. saving him and him getting all choked. Up. I was, and he's not ashamed to cry. Yeah. He's, not Jason. Get, he's not afraid to get goofy with his nieces or like, I just think he, I just think their whole family is, is phenomenal. And I think in that clip, like, you know, and everybody there's that like clip of her talking about the song piece mm -hmm. and stuff. And it's so nice to be able to see her just go to a game and hang out with the other wives and girlfriends and go do the thing and go to a new year's party and go to that kind of stuff instead of just like sitting at home with I her kids because it's too much trouble to try and go anywhere else. He's the, he's in, we'll stop talking about this in a second because we will, but he's no, the sure. first person I think that I, and I, I have literally followed her since she was 16 years old mm -hmm. and he's the first one who has embraced the chaos that comes along with dating Taylor Swift. Yeah, that it's it, just normal. It's it's not her fault and he doesn't yeah. blame her. And I'm not saying he's like, you know, enjoys it or whatever. I don't think he's seeking yeah. fame out of this. Like, but I think he just 
it's the price he pays for dating her. And I think to him, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. And he's okay with it. And he's not going to, I guess it's what every girl wants, right? Like he doesn't ask her to be less. He doesn't ask her to be smaller. He doesn't ask her to not be herself. He just lets her be. Mm-hmm. And I'm really happy to see that they still do do things separately. She's going to the Grammys. I guarantee she's going to go with Teller. Like yeah. she, they still do things apart. It's not like this. You know how some people become so enmeshed. They don't do anything separately. And you're like, oh, that can be kind of toxic if you're not careful. Totally. They still, he, her career is still number one to him or her. And his career is still number one to him. And he made a point on this uh, podcast he was on saying, no, I want to make it clear, like, football is my priority right now. Like, I'm enjoying my off-field life also, but football is my priority and winning the Super Bowl and being with my teammates. And I think that's that's a healthy adult relationship. Totally. I'm happy for Me too. I think it's not even that he's dealing with the press and everything. I think he handles it well. Mm -hmm. I think he he handles it. I think he is good on camera. I think he says all the right things. I think he acts appropriately. His family is are a bunch of gems. Mm-hmm. Like oh, yeah. Jason. I, I love Jason. Perfect for like to be in the limelight for Taylor. Like he has everything in the whole world going for him. You know, he's good looking, he's tall, he's really good at what he does. He's got a great family. He treats her like fucking gold. Like he's 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 perfect. Like yep. he hasn't done anything yet that's been like whoa red flag. Like right. you know, I mean every, every everything he does is so spot on. Like he handles it really really well, and he knows he's being watched with a microscope. <laughs> you oh, know, man. and he has he doesn't slip up. Like which means yeah. he's probably being very genuine. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I love Travis Kelsey and Jason too. Kelsey and Kylie Kelsey. I love all of them. Okay, but Kylie also, Kelsey how so much do you just want to watch a little like video or a little podcast or something with Mama Kelsey, Mama Swift? Oh, so much. Oh my God. Right? Like, totally. I, like a little coffee talk. <laughs> what I did think was really interesting too. Was Ed Kelsey, they were just interviewing him recently, Jason and Travis's dad. And they were talking about, um, you know, Taylor Swift, because of course Taylor Swift comes up. And I almost feel kind of bad for them. But you know what? Women have been dealing with this for years, no matter what they accomplish. Totally. Like they're asked about their relationships and what they're wearing and, you know, yada, yada. So, you know, what's good for the goose, you know? But yeah. what he said really struck me. And it's like, oh my God, a dude who finally gets it. Because as a woman, it's difficult to describe the impact of Taylor Swift has had on you if you don't have like this long-standing relationship yeah. with her. And he said, he said, I don't think she's trying to build an empire. I think Taylor just goes out and does what she loves and is passionate about and the money follows her. Yeah. And I was like, that's why everyone loves her. It's not intentional. Like, do I think Taylor Swift is a capitalist and raking in every dollar she can? 100%. Like, I don't think she's turning money away. But I also don't think it's calculated to the point where people say she's manipulative and calculated and all these things. Like, I think she's genuinely doing what she loves and is passionate about. And the money and the devotion has followed her because it feels genuine. It feels genuine. She feels like she's actually up there singing to you from her journals. And that is why she resonates with so many women. 
Okay. Do you think she's going to make it to the Super Bowl? Yes. This is why uh, algebra in eighth grade was so important. She will make it to the Super Bowl. Yep. Because of the to- time change, because Japan is a day ahead. If she gets on a plane by 1 a.m., she is going to make it to Las Vegas mm-hmm. by 9, 10 o'clock the night before the Super Bowl. Yeah. She'll be there. Oh, the night And before. we're going to send Travis Kelsey crying right back into her arms when we whoop their ass the next day. Fuck yeah, we Fuck are. Yeah. As much as I support their relationship and I'd love to see with them, I will be rooting against them. Yes. I don't want to get hurt or anything. I'm just saying we're going to kick their ass. A one million percent. Yeah. Here for it. And I hope George Kittle has a better day than him. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Love Travis, blah, blah, blah. It's all off on. I'd love uh, to see, I'd love to see Mahomes just crash and burn in this situation. Same. Yeah. Same. That's where I'd love for the downfall to be. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I don't want anyone to be hurt. I don't want anyone like, uh, yeah. Yeah. But I would love to see Travis crying after the game because he lost. Yeah. Yes. that's reasonable. 100%. It's going to be a really good game. I'm yeah. excited. I'm yeah. Excited. So that's where I stand on it. What are you guys obsessed with this week? Can I do my space corner? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, Joel. Go ahead. JWST has come up with, has just sent NASA 19 new images. She's so passionate when she, of, she talks about space the way we talk about Taylor. of new spiral galaxies you should google it right now 19 new jwst images in the middle of these spiral galaxies are black holes and they are gorgeous the imaging and the the bright yeah they're they're beautiful can I add something to your space corner? Yeah, I got one more, but yes. Okay. Go ahead with yours. No, go ahead. What? Um, something I saw super interesting was one of the, it was in the New York Times this morning. One mm-hmm. of the ways they're considering combating climate change is they're talking about sending up a huge, essentially shade structure in into the atmosphere. It's going to act like a parasol to shade the earth from the extreme rays of the sun and the um, increased, uh, and it's, it should last about a hundred years, which should give us time if we actually got our act together with climate change to reduce the effects of the extreme heat and extreme cold. And they're trying to work out now that they would actually have it launched by 2030. And I thought that was fucking, now that does not get us off the hook for taking care of our planet that we're on, but it buys us some time. NASA is building us an easy up. Yeah. Because we can't They're building take- us an easy up because we can't 100%. get it together. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody grab we're a corner. The fucking worst. Humans are the worst. Everybody grab a corner. God. <laughs> but I just thought that was so cool. And like, this is what I mean when like, we have people so smart working on this. The least we can do is our part while they figure it out. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is why. Bye, Patagonia. But. I am actually going to look up Patagonia. You should. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 100% of Patty, we are not sponsored by them. I wish we were. But if yeah. you buy Patagonia where 100% of the profit goes to combat climate change. 100%. Ever since the CEO retired and switched over the trust. So, of course, they cover their costs. Yada, yada. They have to. Right. 
But after that, all of the profit goes to climate change, uh, combating climate change efforts, which is, listen, and I was telling Julie before this, I have some of their t-shirts. Yes, they are $45. I know that's insane. And I know that's not everybody's purview to be able to purchase. When I tell you these t-shirts have lasted me going on five years with no holes, no color deterioration, they still are like, they haven't gotten like baggy and loose. They still fit well. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you get your money's worth out of them. That's all I'm saying. Nice. Um, also, so there's two things. I learned today that, have you guys ever had braces? No. No? Okay, well, for those people that have had braces, the wire, perfect teeth. the wire that you put in your, that they put in your mouth was invented by NASA. Really? So, yeah, it's the same material that they use on the tires for the rovers and the same material they i want to say it's they they put together a nickel and titanium which made it really springy and uh bendable and moldable it's called nittle nittle and it's the same they, they use it on um what am i trying to say uh the things with the sun that get the solar panels the so- <laughs> solar panels, the tires, um, which I, ju- I just thought that was cool. Also, my last thing, um, there is a little helicopter that's been on Mars and it it basically died. It um, it can still communicate with, with NASA, but it can no longer fly. It damaged its wings, but, but it survived. It's lasted. It's been on there three years. It lasted way longer than they thought it was going to last. I I believe his, the little helicopter's name is, uh, integrity is what they call him. And his little uh, propellers are broken. Yeah. His little propellers are broken. He survived the Mars winter, which they weren't expecting him to survive. Um, and he even dusts himself off with his propellers when he gets too dusty. Oh my um, god, that's so cool. <laughs> the the other rover that's on Mars is too far away from him to go like pick him up or communicate with him. So NASA's sad because he's just gonna be sitting there all by himself, a little flightless bird that can't go anywhere. But he can still send information and communicate. He just can't fly anymore. He's taught us a lot though. Yeah. He sent well he he flew he was only supposed to he has two he, he has two hours of flight time and he has flown it's something like 10 times and he was only supposed to be able to fly six or seven so he's outdone himself as far mm-hmm. as um or herself as as long as you know he was or she was projected to do it's completely outdone itself yeah mm-hmm. so I know it's so sad, but yeah, we've gotten a ton of information from it. Yeah. So that's, that's my space corner. All right. What are you obsessed with? Am I going first? Sure. The power. If you guys have not seen this show, it is such a good show. It's about, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but it's, it's only, it's, it only has one season uh prime hasn't 
it came out last year. Prime hasn't confirmed that it's going to come out with a season two yet. But it's basically about shit that women have to deal with in the world about like being scared to go running and how a lot of women will keep one earbud out or looking down when they pass a group full of men or dealing with bullshit from work and, uh, you know, that you, well, don't get too emotional or, you know, don't get your panties in a bunch, you know, just how women are talked to basically. And it's a, it's science fiction, but it's really good. And it's about how women basically in this show have developed this thing in their collarbones where they can uh, zap people and how it has shifted and how it has shifted things. And it goes through how it shifts the world and women aren't scared of many more. Now men are scared of women and they don't like it so much. Mm -hmm. And um, they don't like, you know, like they touch on really interesting things like, a guy, one of the guys goes to get on a bus and it's full of women and he gets scared and he's like, oh, no, never mind. I'll take the next bus. And it's <laughs> like, well, yeah, do you think women feel like, would you want to get on a bus full of fucking men? No, because you're, you're, you're nervous, you know, you're, you're not protected. And it goes into like, you know, children being molested and kidnapped and uh, a group of women that's being held you know, they're uh, being trafficked and how it shifts. It's really, really good. And um, it was, I, I, I liked what it all touched on and what it covered. Um, But, you know, too much power for anybody is not good. And that's kind of how, and there's a lot of women that, that get this in the show that are fucking pissed off and they're not doing they're not, you know, they're lashing out and they're coming and they're hurting people with it. So that's kind of where the season ends at. It's, um, and I'm hoping they have a season two because I think it's going to touch on that. And like, there's there's a guy, uh, reporter in there and he's like, no, he's like, women are going to change the fucking world and they're, they're going to fix everything that we screwed up. And how, and it's just really, really good. And yeah. So if you haven't watched it, it's only one season, but it's on uh Prime. It's called The Power. I watched uh, the first episode. Well, I listened to the first episode today while I was working cuz that's one of the benefits of working from home on Fridays is that I can like mm-hmm. have TV on in the background and stuff. Mm-hmm. But now I wish I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it because most shows I can listen to in the background and then like keep up with, but I this one I wasn't like following closely enough to well, it's it's kind of confusing. Like the first few episodes, like I said, I didn't want to spoil it. Like, but the first few episodes, you know, these things are happening to the younger girls, and they don't know what's going. It's almost on. like an evolutionary process. Like evolution exactly. has made women be able to protect themselves because they've been tormented by men it's, for so long. Well, that's exactly what it is. Oh, that's okay. that's yeah, that's what they say it is, and that's what. And so the so like the the male senators and the rulers of Russia and shit are basically trying to come up with a way that uh, they can basically put something in the water that it takes it away at birth that. So, you know, it doesn't happen because only the young ones are getting it, but the young ones can transfer it over. They they can give it to the older women. 
it's really really it's good. good it's good shit listen yeah. i'm not much of a like it has to be a really good storyline for me to get into sci-fi i'm not hating on sci-fi it's just not my jam usually but mm -hmm. if, if it's a good storyline here for it yeah. i guess what the sci-fi has to make sense like it can't be the whole point mm -hmm. it has right. to be like intrinsic to the story for me to enjoy it. does that make sense yeah it's not it's not like overly sci-fi it's yeah. not like flying around and they you know they're not all captain marvels and yeah. doing all this stuff it's not like overly crazy it's not like they have super strength or anything like that they just have this this little zappy power yeah <laughs> i don't mind sci-fi like that like that's intrinsic to the story yeah it's good you should Stacey, give it a watch what are you obsessed with um i definitely the game last weekend like super so obsessed with that it's just so good i uh, i was worried for a minute what a comeback i was worried too and then i just decided i was gonna be positive oh my god can i tell you something that lincoln said to me though while you're doing this okay so lex was sick last weekend she's still kind of sick lincoln asked me why um i'm always yelling at them if i love them meaning the 49ers <laughs> Oh my god! What do you even say? That is funny. No mad yelling. It's just excitement. It's some mad yelling too, it especially the first half. It was some mad yelling. I was doing some mad yelling. Um, definitely a lot of like uh superstition kind of things were happening, like. I had a sweatshirt. I had to take it off and put it on. And then Emily had come over one day, like in the middle of the game. And then we won. So then she had to leave where she was at and then come over here just to like, whatever we could do to contribute <laughs> with our crazy superstitions was happening. I just, my absolute favorite thing that happened was uh Brandon Ayuk's interview where they were like, you know, catching this and this. And he's like, well, a ladybug landed on my shoe. And so pure you know what so that means like it was just it gave golden retriever mm -hmm. in the best way like so i'm so happy i'm so excited um for for the super bowl i'm just are you guys having a super bowl party we're gonna have to watch it together yeah i don't yeah i don't i don't know about party yeah but like we're gonna watch it together. If and you drink. call us like and, eating yeah. and drinking and watching at a party, then like yeah, sure, yeah, a watch party. But like I'm not recruiting all the non-football fans to come over and do it because that's just obnoxious. No, we're here for like it's very. I feel like the Super Bowl when your team is in it, yeah, it's very different than just a generic Super Bowl. Totally. If it was just a regular Super Bowl and our team wasn't in it, I'm down for like a party where we're all just kind of sitting around like uh, and conversations in the background. Yeah. yeah. But not when they're in it. Oh, did you? Did you got jobs to do at this game. Yeah, I got a sweatshirt to put. Yeah, on. we have layers on. Yeah. yeah. Did you read that Taylor Swift got offered to perform the halftime show and she said no? I don't know if I believe every it or year. Not. Been offered a every bunch year of she's on. Yeah. Oh really? Mm -hmm. She can't commit to it because the Eras tour. Yeah. Yeah, but they said she said. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. She's been offered it since like 2012. Yeah. That would be a freaking Taylor. She's not there yet. Like, we're not at Super Bowl. A few more years. And I don't mean she's not talented yeah. enough. I mean, she needs a break in her schedule, I guess is what I, I meant. Like, I want her to play at a Super Bowl where we're going to annihilate her boyfriend. Oh. 
Hey, Nellie. <laughs> yeah, I want to see her like this. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. that's what I want to see. Yeah. Love you. Love your love your <laughs> shtick, but no, yeah. we're gonna whoop your ass. Love today. this for you, but there's gonna be like a solid four <laughs> hours where I'm just like not wishing for the best. <laughs> but good for her in her rookie year getting to the yeah. Super Bowl. That was the cutest little quote on New Heights, yeah. like their LeBron stat. Mm-hmm. She said that you know, new to the Chiefs kingdom, Taylor made it to her Super Bowl in her rookie year. Yeah, good for her. I, I'm not a fan of Patrick Mahomes, so I really, regardless of who was playing him, I want to see him lose. Yeah. Like, Have you guys watched the um, Netflix documentary Quarterback? Yes. Yeah. So I'm still not a fan of him. No, it made me less of a fan of him. Yeah. Yeah. It made me more of a fan of Cousins. Yeah. 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 Not like his whole like Christian thing, but like how seriously he takes the game every week and how devoted he is to it and how like he ch- what I liked about Kirk Cousins in that documentary was he's not one of those guys that thinks like oh, I just have to train my body. He was like in therapy. He was in chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Like he was it was like a holistic experience. Yeah, he him. was like doing the work. Yeah, it gave me such a bigger appreciation for Patrick Mahomes is undoubtedly tremendously talented, tremendously talented. But to With watch these guys or attitude, one hundred percent. But to watch these guys who work for it week after week after and like work for it, yeah, every week, it gave me a lot more respect for. I don't think I understood the position as well as I did before I watched that documentary, I guess. is I'm also so sick of seeing Jackson Mahomes everywhere. Oh my God, that fucking... I can't stand... Agreed. I'm tired of the Mahomes family. Brittany Mahomes can go away. Jackson Mahomes can go away. Like, let's just hang out with the Kelseys. Yeah. And the Tellers. Here for that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, okay, what am I obsessed with this week? Um, Lincoln has been falling asleep in his room by himself. Is it weeks. still working? It's still working. Um, he's Lex has been sick, so he does wake up at like two in the morning and he comes in and he sleeps with me and he burrows into me like a little tick. Like, oh. <laughs> but he does this thing where he goes, hi. And it's just the cutest fucking thing. But I've been trying to keep him from getting sick. So we've yeah. been like avoiding Lex like she has the plague because she kind of does. She has that nasty like cold that's going around. Um, but He's been doing it, and I will tell you this. I bought him, and I'm trying to whisper. I bought him a weighted blanket, and I told him that it was a protection blanket because one of the reasons he won't sleep in his bed is he's worried that, like, monsters are going to get him and stuff. Mm. This weighted blanket, this kid's out in 10 minutes. Nice. I love weighted blankets. They're fantastic. It knocks okay. him out. And I bought him one of those breathable ones that it's not like, it's not quilted. It yeah. It's just the blanket with like the beads in it. So it's just the weight on him. So it keeps him cool. He's not overheating. Out in no time, you guys. I, I'm just saying. Nice. It's, like you're struggling. Com- it's like a little comfort blanket. Weighted blankets are so good if you have like anxiety when you go to sleep and stuff like that. And he's scared. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He's scared. So this has been, and he's just being brave. He, he said, am I facing, he asked us, am I facing my fears? We said, yes. The only way to face your fears is to like, do the thing you're afraid of. And like, Uh 
he's so cute when he goes to sleep and like he's scared still like he pulls his blanket over him and he doesn't like it but he's doing it and like I'm just I'm really proud of him like it's hard to when you're a five-year-old who hasn't encountered a tremendous amount of adversity in your life like he has parents that love each other that are good to him he goes to a good school he lives in a good neighborhood like Lincoln doesn't face a lot of adversity right Right. like so these these things that would be so insignificant to other kids feel really big to kids who haven't had to like cope with a ton. So I'm just, I'm really proud of him for like doing, excuse me. I meant to, I've been muting myself when I cough, but. Lex needs to keep saying she doesn't feel good until he's full time sleeping in his bed. You know, here's the thing too. I tell him to, and I told her and she got her feelings hurt. And I was like, I don't mean it like that. I've been putting him to bed every night and I'm not like the nurturer of the two of us. Right. Like, yeah, don't get it twisted. I love my son. Like I, no, I do everything for him, but, but when he tells me he's scared, <laughs> I'm like, I understand you're scared, but this is what we're doing. Like, right. here's how we're handling. You're going doing to sleep it. in here. If you get scared in the middle of the night, you can get up, you can sleep with me, but you're, you're falling asleep in here and he'll start crying. And I just tell him we're not doing that tonight. Mm-hmm. We're not doing it. So it's bedtime. We all have to sleep. Yeah. So I think it has been helpful. Like, <laughs> that's good. Listen, kids benefit from different parenting styles. Yeah, true. Her way's not wrong. My way's not wrong. Like, yours is working. That's all I'm saying. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying. Right. That's all I'm saying. So I'm obsessed with that. And, um, Listen, guys, it's an election season, so work is crazy if you work in local government. Um, but I'm super excited about the 49ers. Um, I'm very excited about the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Feeling real, real good about it. I think we have a good shot as long as we can stay. If we play like we should, like we played in the second half mm-hmm. at the Super Bowl, we will win this game. Yeah. We I'm will get our sixth ring and Do- we will finally tie the fucking. Steelers and the Cowboys. The only thing I don't like about Super Bowl is the two weeks. I'm sorry, we the Patriots, to... not the Cowboys. My bad. I hate the two weeks we have to wait to mm-hmm. watch football. Yeah. Oh, no, what are you talking about? You get a Pro Bowl. Can we just talk about for a second, though? Big fan of the little games they're playing at the Pro Bowl now instead of just oh, playing. Big fun. fan. That's really Big fun. fan. And I am watching it this year because of Jason. Yeah. And I really think that the flag football is like the way to go instead of suiting all these these dudes up and letting them just annihilate each other. Like totally. flag football. Because well, is... a lot of them, you don't want them to get hurt. A lot of totally. them are in the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Like, that's why yeah. I always thought it was weird they do the Pro Bowl in the week before the Super Bowl. I'm like, aren't you kind of only going like 25, 30%? It's interesting. There's been like this real big resurgence of like football and the appreciation of it and like people watching it in groups. And sure, part of it is like the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing. That's a small segment. But I think the other part of it is football is like one of the last things in this country that we can watch as a community and like the rivalries are real, but no one really hates each other. And it like brings us all together as a sport. We watch as human beings together. Like it's one of the last great communal things because unlike, I'm not trying to take away from 
baseball or or basketball or anything but this isn't a series it's not best out of five it's best that day and Mm -hmm. there's something about that that just adds to and everyone's aware of it too right like there's no actual statistical reason that the rate that the Ravens should have lost the Chiefs the Ravens were the better football team this year they just weren't a better football team last Sunday yeah so there's like this this intensity that surrounds football that's unnecessary and exciting yeah because any given Sunday your team can win and move you forward in a contest that you have no business being in the Chiefs should not be in the Super Bowl this year they just shouldn't they're not the best team it's fucking tragic that Baltimore lost to them agreed and yet this is what it is yeah because that's the nature of football so it's like the last great American communal activity and I think that's another reason there's a lot of hype around it. And I think that the NFL, and I promise we're going to get off here soon because we've been on here too long, but I think the NFL has done a good job shifting away. And this is all marketing and capitalism and like whatever, but the yeah. NFL has done a really good job shifting away from more of the sports play and getting into more of the human interest stories of it. You're getting to know the players better. You're getting to know their yeah. parents. You're getting to know who they're dating. Their like they had a really bad reputation for being um, fucking wife abusing monsters who only cared about winning and now they're showing this like different side of it and people are getting invested because the one thing human beings love to do is care about something that's not completely in their control like we love rooting for something we don't actually have any outcome i have one of my favorite employees is a diehard raider fan there's nothing i love more than talking shit to him week in and week out during football season but it doesn't actually mean anything. We talk shit to each other, right? Like, that's yeah. fun. It's it fun. Is fun. <laughs> yeah, they are such low hanging fruit. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, totally. there's, there's a certain amount of of inherent jesting in it that feels good. Yeah. Like you can yeah. you can mess with each other because neither one of you it's, is playing. It's banter. <laughs> yeah, it's banter. You can have this like healthy but competition. At the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything. No one. There's no real stakes. Yeah at play i think i think that's and that's one of the appeals of sports right like it brings people together with low stakes for those who aren't playing yeah that's like a communal experience you can watch the same game you can have different responses like you can root for you know the underdog or listen because if the lions had not been playing the 49ers i would have been 100 on the lion's side that story was unbelievable there are fans sitting in that stadium watching the game with sold out tickets my my heart you know, that was beautiful. I thought that too until we were losing to them. And I was like, fuck the Lions. If we lose, <laughs> I'm saying, but if the Lions have been playing anyone but the 49ers, would you yeah. not 100% but on their side? Absolutely. There's Look, something about the, sports. The Lions, too, talk about rooting for the underdog. They came out of nowhere. Like, the totally. Lions, haven't, yeah. Lions haven't had a good season in fucking years. Here's the truth. I was happy for them. Had the Lions beat us, I would have been bitter as shit for a week. And then I would have rooted for them in the Super Bowl. 100%. 100% I would have rooted for them because we love yeah. an underdog. We love these stories yeah. that uh, the reason football speaks to so many people is because it's not a series game. On any given day, you could win. You can move forward. You can be the fucking hero. You can be the champion. It doesn't matter what your history is. That speaks to everyone. Yeah. I'm going to be so sad when it's over and we have to wait a whole other fucking year. Same girl. No, not a year, like six months. Well, 
Yeah, before the draft and everything, but still. Well, no, I mean, the draft is like in like two months and then preseason starts in August. When's the, wait, 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 what, what month do they do the draft? You choose your draft in like April, don't they? I thought it was later than that. I could be totally wrong. It is April 25th. Yeah. April 25th through the 27th is the draft. And then we start doing preseason. They report like what in July preseason starts in August. In the beginning of August. Yeah. We only have a few months. Yeah. I just hate it when it's over. Yeah. It was a little depressing. Well, then we get March Madness though. Yeah. yeah. We get baseball. I love- yeah. I think yeah, footballs yeah. we love it also too because it rotates around like Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Like there's some real yeah, family totally. ties to it that the yeah. other sports just don't have. Yeah. Like that's true. Okay, guys. Um, we're gonna get off here because we've been talking to you all way too long. So just remember, um, we're gonna vote for uh, whatever Taylor says because fuck Trump. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Taylor, we trust. Bro, I'm telling you, this dude is gonna have no idea what hit him. <laughs> you wanna talk about the Taylor Swift effect? He's about to fucking feel it. About to about to learn. <laughs> About to learn. Can we also just say, because I know we have some people on here who don't necessarily like Taylor, for what it's worth, every stadium she visits, including the Arrowhead, she walks around handing out $100 bill tips to mm-hmm. all of the, not just the staff that served the suite. She goes mm-hmm. down into the kitchen. She was just caught on. And the only reason we know about it is because the servers are recording it and putting it on. She was just doing it at Baltimore. She does it at every stadium she visits. So even if you don't like her, mm-hmm. she's handing out hundred dollar tips to people who are washing dishes. Yeah. Does she like that's, really? that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. She's does just like she this. Really? Yeah. She walks out with, a, she walks around with a wad of 100. She's not advertising it. You only found out about it. If they happen to catch her on camera doing it. But she's handing out $100 bills to all wait staff. She goes into the kitchen and hands it out. Yep. Not just the people in the suite. The people in the suite get it too. She does it personally? Yes. Holy shit. I in bet that. every stadium she visits. You need to go get a job there just for like that one night so you can see Taylor face. And she's just like this. If you see pictures, she's just like fanning it out. She's like, I don't know. Here, like. Take it. <laughs> yeah. And she thanks all of them. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. So you don't have to like her music to like her. And she that does is- do some sketchy cool. shit sometimes, but like I think overall she's a good person. Yeah. That's it for That's- us this week, guys. Um have the best weekend available to you. Yeah. And uh we will catch next- you next weekend. Be Super we- Bowl prepping for the super bowl yeah which is i'm sure what we will talk about so feel free to skip it if you don't want to hear about it yeah the super bowl okay bye bye, bye. fierce fan media